Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sense with Dustin LaMontagne from Research Capital. My name is Bryn Griffiths. Dustin joins us as always. How are you doing? I'm real good, Bryn. How's yourself? Fine, thank you. Hey, today we're talking about, uh, imagine this, we're talking about energy infrastructure and pipelines. We never talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a recurring theme, but it's uh, it's probably my favorite uh, in investment sector. Um and and I don't I don't really consider a pipeline an energy company per se. They're more of a transportation um, uh, company because whether the prices go up or down, whether you're talking nat gas or or oil or um, you know whatever liquids, whatever's running through the pipe, uh, the 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 transport side gets paid. Um, I think they make a little more when when demand is strong, but even when when demand is a little bit weaker. They, they still seem to churn out profits. So I, I really like this sector from a, a dividend perspective. Of course, uh, you can look at this sector as an oligopoly because A, you can't build new pipelines. It's almost impossible in the current uh, environmental and regulatory uh, framework. Uh, we've seen that. You actually had to have a federal government purchase the pipeline off a private company to get it built, which is a sad commentary on our... Uh, on our industrial, um, on our industrial sector and, and public policy, but uh, nothing changes the facts that the, these companies spit out massive profits every every quarter. And uh, the, the reason I wanted to touch on it today is because uh, we had a, a local Calgary-based company, Pemina Pipeline, by another Calgary-based company uh, called Interpipeline. And uh, Interpipeline's been in the news because uh, Brookfield has about a 15% um, ownership in Interpipe and Brookfield Infrastructure, and uh, they offered to buy them out. So Pemina came out this morning with uh, an all-share offer for, uh, for Interpipe, and I believe it came in at approximately 19.50 a share. Um, I didn't didn't get the exact math out of it, um, I, but I did read the article, and um, it, it's interesting because I've been telling clients that there's going to be consolidation in this space. I think over the next three to five years, uh, where, where you're probably going to get down. You know, it's already an oligopoly, but I think it's going to turn into an oligopoly with six or seven players down to an oligopoly with uh, three or four players. Um, and you're going to see Pemina as one of the last man standing. Probably, uh, if if I'm putting my crystal ball out there, uh, you you've got uh, Kiera, which uh, which is looking like a good acquisition target at the moment. Um, either uh, you know you've got uh, Enbridge and TransCanada, which are the two uh, industry gorillas. But very quickly, Pemina, as a result of this merger with Interpipe, is is becoming a dominant force as well. So that leaves poor poor Kiera kind of sitting out in the wings, and um, so uh, you can you can kind of see see the writing on the wall that you know the the acquisition targets are becoming less and less as as each one drops here. So 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 the, I guess the question is that steady growth for you when you take a look at this. Yeah, with, without a doubt, it's it's a great sector because um, you look at the the amount of oil and gas production um, and, and the diversification. So one of the primary reasons Pemina wanted to buy Interpipe is because they were building uh, the Heartland uh, petrochemical facility, which is essentially turning uh, liquids, gas, 
butane and propane into uh, plastics. So I, I can't remember if it's polypropylene or polystyrene that uh, that the Heartlands is going to be producing. There's so many uh, different um, versions, uh, poly this and poly that, but uh, not my area of expertise. But I do know that there's a huge demand for plastics and uh, Pamina was looking at building their own plant. So I suspected they, they had put that on pause uh, about a year ago uh, when, the, when the pandemic hit uh, to, to just to shore up their balance sheet, which I think was very smart on their behalf. Interpipe kept building theirs because they were too far along. Uh, and they were looking actually for a, uh, for a partner for Heartland to help, uh, that help cushion some of the cost overruns. Um, but r- regardless, uh, I think it's a great fit. There's going to be a lot of synergies. The, the companies estimate uh, $250 million in, in annual savings between the, for, for the merger and annual cost savings. It's, uh, it's maybe a little bit of a negative for Calgary because you've got another head office consolidating. Yeah. Um, but, but that's, that's the nature of this business. There's going to be a lot more consolidating down the road, which is, you know, why, why you need, uh, to diversify the, the, um, the industrial base. Right. So I can see more of these plastic plants going up. Alberta produces a, a huge amount of, of feedstock for plastic, uh, cheap feedstock and, uh, it's going to be a huge job creator, not only the construction, but these plants all, all provide, you know, good high paying jobs. I think the, the Heartland was a, a four and a half billion dollar project. That's just one project in Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, I think that people outside of Alberta don't really have any concept of the, the amount and, and the scope of these projects. Um, I, I haven't done the research, but I'm sure four and a half billion is, is bigger than larger than Manitoba's entire construction industry. So, um, from, from a permit perspective, uh, don't quote me on that though, Brent. No, no, sorry. People can always come back to this and just say, Hey, well, wait a minute. Uh, the, uh, which is the fun part of doing podcasts, but the other big story that's been out there too, has been line five and, uh, that's Enbridge line, but that there's been some politics involved in that. Uh, where are we up to speed on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about a, a line that produces, um, you know, I think I think the number was 40% of northern Michigan gets their their heat from uh, and and their power from propane. So, and and this line directly feeds it. So you've got a governor in Michigan who wants to choke off her own population's energy, which uh, on, on the surface doesn't make a lot of sense. It's actually um, you, you would think she's maniacal if, if you didn't know the underlying politics, right? Right. Um, but uh, the, the Enbridge Line Five, it, it's it's a it's a key cog in the in, in the wheel because it produces uh, all the power for Southern Ontario as well, uh, or all the all the propane and and jet fuel for Toronto Pearson Airport and so forth. So. Uh, I, I've read that if, if the pipeline was shut down, you'd need something like 6,000 trucks a day um, going from Michigan into uh, southern Ontario. Well, obviously, uh, I mean, there's a shortage of trucking t- to begin with. So to find 6,000 extra, you know, trucks, it just wouldn't happen. Uh, that pipeline can't get shut down. It would cause too much turmoil, both in, in the U.S. and over the border in Canada. So um, it, it it's a head head scratcher that these these politicians think they can just shut down private businesses that have fully permitted 
um, you know, operations, whether it's Biden canceling Keystone or, or a, a governor trying to shut down Bridges Line 5, like at some point the courts have to say, you know what, uh, law and ownership counts for something. Um, but we're not an irrational um, environment. The, these uh, these protesters who are backed by you know very deep pockets tend to uh, tend to have a lot of clout um, politically. I mean it, it's it's mind-boggling because there's over two and a half miles of pipe, two and a half million miles of pipeline in North America, crisscrossing every uh, state, province, and city. I mean, how how do people think their energy gets to their doorstep? It's it's because of pipelines. So. Um, can, can we do things better? Probably, but uh, it, it doesn't make sense to, to shut down existing legacy assets uh, in the name of, um, you know, some sort of um, gr- green, green, you know, pie in the sky movement. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So. Well, there's a lot of politics attached to everything when it comes to this particular area. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and, and to talk about infrastructure, pipelines, energy, that kind of thing, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, give me a call on my cell phone, 780-905-7729, or uh, they can email me. Um, I've been getting a lot of emails lately, so I will try and get back to people as quickly as possible, but it's uh, dlamontang at researchcapital.com. You can also check out the website, which is researchcapital.com. Hey, thanks for your time today. Great as always, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Bryn. All right. Thanks for listening to Making Sense. I'm Bryn Griffiths. Have yourself a great day. 